Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello and welcome to the Presence Podcast, episode number 273. This is Rick. I'm here with you on a Monday morning. Funny story, actually not really that funny, more of a painful story, actually. So last night, things got a little bit late, Sunday night, wasn't going to have the chance to record the podcast. So I thought that I would do what I don't love doing, but I have been doing, which is record it during second period, which is my free period at school. Well, about 3.30 in the morning or so last night, I woke up with a terrible headache and a very odd headache, uh, kind of the side of my face, my temples, my neck was hurting, very uncomfortable. So I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go to school today, which is tough whenever you miss school. But that's what I did and um, had uh, got some, some rest, some extra rest, was able to get back to sleep. And here I am today um, recording, feeling a little bit better, but still think I'm going to get that checked out by my chiropractor, see what's going on. Nevertheless, I am recording from home. I was hoping to be out on my patio porch this morning because it is gorgeous out there, but somebody's doing some kind of yard machine work and... Uh, that wasn't going to work. So so here I am, and I am glad you are with me, whether it is morning or evening, whatever the time or weather or place might be where you are listening, I am glad that you are here. Because yesterday, Sunday, I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the holy presence of God, and I'd like to tell you about it if you have a few minutes. So yesterday, when I was worshiping in the morning at church, I had the distinct pleasure and joy to sit next to a young mom who had a little, little baby with her. Now, I asked at some point how little the baby was, and she said two weeks, two weeks. And it was kind of funny because um, I was, uh, during the sign of peace, um, I uh, shook hands with one of the older gentleman um, who worships at this time, and um, he kind of said, he kind of looked over the baby, and he says, you know, in my day, we didn't take the baby out for months. And I said, yeah, that's kind of what I would be expecting as well. But I think that really is seasonal and also has to do with, you know, the mom and the baby and their health. And yesterday was a gorgeous, gorgeous day. So why not? I mean, why not get the baby out in the fresh air and, you know, have some, uh, community and give the mom a chance to worship and to be around others. So I, I, I was glad. I was glad to see the little one there. And um, it was it was very interesting because uh, the scripture yesterday, the gospel was about salt and light. Actually, not the light part. Scratch that. That's a different part of the gospel. It was about salt. And it was in Mark's gospel where Jesus is talking about a sense of urgency. If if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And it is better for you to go into the kingdom of God without your hand than to have your whole body thrown into the fiery hell of Gehenna, which, just a little side note, was an actual place in Jesus's time. It was basically a, a valley where they threw and burned uh, some of their garbage outside of Jerusalem. So a place where there was constant fire and stench and, you know, just a a pretty horrible, ugly place that people literally knew 
they, they knew what that looked like and smelled like and so forth. So the end of the gospel passage that we read yesterday, that's the, the second part of it. And then the third part is Jesus talking about salt and about salt. And if it loses its saltiness, it needs to be thrown out and, and so forth. Well, the homily was about this idea that salt is a preservative and salt is something that we, we need. It's, it's absolutely necessary. We, we hunger for salt and we are hungry for what preserves us with God, you know, and I, you know, was, was thinking about certainly in our society, we get too much salt, right? Too much sodium in our diets. We have to, to watch that. But the opposite is true. If you do not get enough salt in your diet, you literally will die. We, we do need salt. Not very much, okay? And again, we get so much more than what we really need physiologically, biologically, but we do need it. And um, so the, the, the um, homilist was talking about this, this need for salt, this need for the preservative aspect of salt, because that's really what salt did in the ancient world and to some extent even in our own world. You know, before refrigeration, the way you preserved meat, or in Jesus's time, it was, it was fish that they were most familiar with, was you salted them, and that's what made them last, and um, you were able to eat them later on. So at one point, the... Um, the homilist, um, having the baby was close to where he was preaching, he referred to the baby and about a ritual that the Jewish people did um, early in a, a child's life where they rubbed salt on them. And um, it was this idea of, you know, kind of preserving them and, and one of the ways of offering them um, to God, the, the newborn. And he kind of joked, he says, we're, we're not going to do that today. We're, we won't do that today. Um, and the mom was, I think, pleased to hear that, of course. And um, so as I, was, as, as I was hearing this about the hunger and the preservative aspect for salt, I was, I was also watching the baby. And at only one point did the baby cry. And, and a little infant, two-week-old baby cry is so unique. I mean, it sounds a lot like a cat meowing, I guess. But it's not a, not a cry like you would expect from an older, um, an older child, right? I mean, it's a very different kind of cry. And um, it was um, just amazing to watch this baby because she was hungry. You could see because she was smacking her lips and, and doing the, the baby hunger sort of sign and watching the mom feed her. Now, the mom was bottle feeding her, so there wasn't nursing that was taking place. But you could see that the baby was very hungry and, and downed, you know, a couple of bottles, small bottles, of course. Um, but I, I, I just found it fascinating that that instinct of the baby sucking to show hunger, that the baby's lips are, are literally moving, that that's one of the first things that a baby can do, an infant really can do, is move and suck because that's move their lips and suck because that's the uh, the way that they are fed and that is their primary desire but it's also the way that they're comforted so the feeding the nursing or or, or taking the bottle that really is both food of course 
but also comfort, that the baby is comforted and ultimately how the baby, the infant, falls asleep. And it was just neat to kind of watch this and, and watch the interaction between the mom and, and the baby and, and just how close the mom held the baby made me think back to the days when my children were babies. Almost two decades ago, my son was, was, a, was an infant. My oldest was an infant. Um, and time has changed since then. And, but it was wonderful to, uh, to watch that again. So um, I probably should have mentioned this sooner, but just about the title. I, I was just kind of having some fun with the title, The Salty Baby. And um, I, I was kind of playing with the word salty there, in case you didn't get it. Uh, kids today talk about someone being salty, which I think means kind of cranky or kind of grouchy um, or just kind of annoyed or maybe even, you know, kind of angry. And the baby wasn't really any of those, but the baby was a little salty when she was hungry and crying and uh, wanting to be fed, which I guess is what we all want, right? We all are seeking to be fed. And that's what the Eucharist is about. And that's what, why I go to mass is to be fed and to be preserved for God from those things that will lead me away, distract me mostly, not necessarily lead me away, you know, terrible, horrible sins, but just the things that distract me, that take my attention away from God and what is really meaningful and valuable and focus on what is not so much trivial and less important. So in conclusion, um, what do you think about salt when, as a metaphor, as an image, as something in your life and this idea of preservation, what do you need God's grace in helping you be preserved from? That was pretty poor grammar there, as I'm speaking extemporaneously. Do forgive me. But what is it that you need preserving from? That God's grace, God's love, the salt of God could give to you. As always, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it and blessings and peace.